Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Hello, everyone. This is Eric Hurt, and I'm here again to do another podcast with my good friend and partner in ministry. And again, we're doing it a little bit different uh, this time. Our podcast is a little different. Uh, Mike, uh, you ready to do another podcast? And what's different about this podcast here? Uh, well, the fact that you're sitting right next to me, I think, is the big difference. <laughs> and I've really loved being with you and Sylvia. Jody and I both have felt like this was heaven on earth and just such a great opportunity to get to know you both. And, you know, sitting next to you is so much better doing a podcast than doing it across the country. So uh, thank you guys for coming up. And yes, I'm ready. Well, thanks for inviting me. And I totally agree that doing these podcasts uh, live, sitting next to each other, uh, just basking in the cross together is really wonderful to do. And uh, so last time we uh, did a podcast on Romans 8 verses 1 through 4 uh, to show that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, uh, that um, uh, they, we have fully met the law uh, in Jesus' death and resurrection. And now we're doing our second podcast. We're going, going to look, be looking at Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 8. And so, Mike, uh, do you have anything to add, or do you want to just jump right into verse 5? Well, just, yeah, I, I appreciate your summary. Um, we want to remind people we're studying about how to be free from sin. We looked initially at, now I'm not going to call this the first step, because these are just simply truths from the Bible. But we looked at the first one, which was that there's no condemnation for us. And so we have to understand that Jesus took our condemnation from us. Uh, he took our judgment. Uh, and so we ha are not under condemnation now. So we're washing in that. We're allowing the cross to wash us clean. And then the next thing we saw was that we needed to walk by the Spirit. And what we're going to look at now as we go to this next passage is how do we war against our flesh? Um, because as a believer, we still have flesh, and we still are, can be tripped up by it. Um, I'm not perfect. I stumble. I fall. Uh, and I know you do, because all believers do. And so what kind of a strategy can we see from God's Word to help us to actually overcome sin? And so um, we're looking now at Romans 8, verse 5 that says those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Eric, when we look at the cross and when we experience the power of God's Spirit, we think differently. Um, you know, my thoughts used to be so impure um, and, and so defiled. And I remember not being able to control them. Uh, it, was, it was as if I had no filter, right? And so whatever thought came into my head, like, you know, birds buzzing around my head, and then they'd build a nest in it. And, and this was a problem because my thoughts would dominate me. 
And I know you've experienced similar things like that as well, uh, as far as your thought life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I describe it like my mind was clouded. You know, I, I was dominated by it, and it was cloudy all the time. I, was, I could never think clearly. Um, I was dominated by these thoughts, just as you're talking about. And, um, you know, I was dominated by the sinful nature, by sinful things. And uh, again, just like last podcast, I thought that was my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I didn't think there was hope for someone like me, um, and so which was a lie from the enemy. And so, hopefully, that those that are listening can see clearly that at the cross, everything changes. You know, we like to say that because uh, your whole life changes. It's not just one area or two areas. We may be focused on one or two areas in our very lives, or we only struggle with maybe one or two areas. Mm -hmm. But what we recognize at the cross is there's so much more to be transformed in us, you know? And Jesus paid for every single one of them with every single last drop of blood that he poured out there Mm -hmm. for us. Amen. And it's interesting that through gospel transformation, it affects our thoughts. We're not talking about just stopping doing a certain behavior, right? Like I really struggle with fill in the blank. Um, but the the power of the cross actually causes me to think differently. Um, why is that? Well, it's because I've sat, I've looked up and seen my Savior taking my place. I've seen him bearing my sin. He was bearing shame and scoffing rude in my place, condemned he stood. And when you see that and you look at it and the love begins to to envelop you, right? Now you begin to operate on the basis of love. And love begins to control your actions. See, before, your thinking is self-focused. It's what can I get? It's how can I gratify my flesh? But when you come to the cross, well, that's the opposite, isn't it? It is. Jesus didn't gratify his flesh. He crucified his flesh. Yeah, it goes from the world revolving around you to the world revolving around the cross. (laughs) Anchored there, stabilized there, and dominated there. You know, we go from being enslaved to various sins, whatever they might be, dominated by those sins, listening to our taskmaster, having our minds polluted, completely polluted, Mm -hmm. and where everything becomes about me. That was my life. But at the cross, as you said, brother, our desires change, and therefore our thinking. Mm. Um, You know, you need to control your behavior. Mm. No, no, your thinking actually changes by looking at the cross, we're no longer dominated by the sinful thinking, by the sinful nature, by sinful things. Do we still stumble and fall? We talk about this. Of course we do. But we're no longer dominated. We're no longer enslaved to it. And now we become dominated and controlled in another way, in a way that is, it's a loving way. Mm. It's the only way. Mm. And, and it's a free, this is where we find freedom. And this is where we find peace and forgiveness. And on and on we go, Mike. We, mercy and grace. Why? Because Jesus bore it all for us. He took it all willingly, laying down his life. Right? He willingly disrobed himself. He willingly uh, laid down his crown. Hmm. But picked up an earthly crown. 
a thorn of crowns, or thorn a crown of thorns, thorns rather, yeah. and and uh, you know, and willingly laid down his life so that we could no longer be dominated by the sinful nature. And if you think about it, if you look at verse five, here's how to know if you're free. Okay, here's how to know yeah. if you're free. You want to know how you're free? Look at verse five, because <laughs> what it says is those who are controlled by yeah. the Holy Spirit. Think about things that please the Spirit. You know what's wonderful is freedom is in being dominated, right? Freedom is in being controlled. So it's not a matter of simply stopping a behavior. It's a matter of being dominated and controlled, influenced, led by the Spirit of God. And this is how you know you're free, Mm Because what's happening is your thoughts now are different than they used to be because you're being controlled and dominated by the Spirit of God. So verse 6 says, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. What are the two different contrasting (laughs) things here, brother? Yeah, we have (laughs) death and life. You know, and exactly what you're talking about. You know, our sinful nature, we're dominated and we're looking inward and brings us downward and ruins our relationships. Uh, but being, uh, and, and, and which eventually leads to death. Uh, but when we have minds that are controlled by the Spirit, listen to this, friend. Listen, it leads to life and peace. Isn't that what the world's looking for? Mm. They're looking for life and peace, and satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And they're never going to find it anywhere else. Mm -hmm. There's no other place where you're going to find it. And so we we look around and we try to fill it with other things. But this life and peace and true satisfaction is only found at the cross. Like you said, we're we're either going to be dominated or going to be controlled by the Mm -hmm. Spirit. You know, and my years of being uh, dominated by sin uh, brought me at the brink of divorce. Uh, you know, it brought me to utter hopelessness. Uh, and it, there was no peace, no life. But at the cross, brother, where the Spirit has given us life and peace and love mm-hmm. and has shown us such the depth of forgiveness, you know, when we, that's just what we see at the cross. We see the depth of God's love for us. We see the price and the length mm-hmm. and the height and the, mm-hmm. right that he went through because he because he loved us and so uh, we just invite people to gather around the cross with us in these podcasts and and hope that someone's looking with us right now and experiencing uh, this power mm-hmm. that invades us mm-hmm. and and overtakes us and we willingly <laughs> it it brings joy and brings us into worship. Mm-hmm. And it's just a wonderful thing to do this with you, brother, face-to-face. Amen. Amen. I'm loving it. And, you you know, you talked about we're looking for life. The world is looking for life. But they're like the two women that went to the tomb on Sunday morning, right? And the angels had to say, hey, why are you looking for the living among the Mm -hmm. dead? Right? Why are you looking for a, a thrill and a rush in pornography? Why are you looking for the living? Why are you looking for life among dead things? And in in Galatians chapter 6, verse 8, it says, Whoever sows to please their flesh, from their flesh will we reap life and joy and peace. No, it says destruction. (laughs) Right. Right? Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So every day, you and I are farmers, 
and we're sowing seeds. And those seeds are either sown to the flesh or they're sown to the spirit. And, and this is how we war against our flesh. We sow. Now, Eric, think about something and, and help me understand this. How do we sow to please the spirit? Uh, it's always uh, at, the, at the cross, brother, and it's receiving and giving out. You know, we receive at the cross, and uh, where it's sown into our heart, where it penetrates our heart, where it fills our heart up. And then we go out and we, what do you say all the time? We scatter the seed. <laughs> we scatter the seed uh, wherever it may go. We don't care where it goes. We just scatter the seed. We lift up the cross and share this message of power with the world. We're supposed to go out and preach this gospel to every creature. And so we go out, brother, and we love to scatter the seed, and this is what we're doing here. You know, and we love to uh, to feed off each other as we look at the cross uh, together. So, Well, the awesome thing about sowing to the Spirit is that we reap life and peace. Everything we thought we'd find in sin, mm. we find as we sow to the Spirit. Now, what you're saying, you know, is that we come to the cross, and that's how we sow to the Spirit. Uh, because at the cross, the Spirit of God is activated in our lives. And so, you know, if you were to just look at the cross, what you see, it looks like death, right? It's, there's a man hanging. There's blood being shed. Um, he's bowing his head and giving up his spirit. looks like death. But that's for him. For you, you get the life. And the peace, why? Because he was at war. God the Father declared war on his own son. You can see him there enveloped in wrath. You can see God pummeling his son with one lightning bolt of anger and wrath and fury and hatred after another. And what do we get from it? Peace. Hmm. Peace with God. Life eternal and abundant. Hmm. Right? Why? Because the Spirit of God is there at the cross, and he's saying, lift up your chin, son. Look up here. Gaze. Fix your eyes. Don't look away. Be purposefully engrossed in what's taking place at the cross so that you're hearing and seeing and experiencing the life that's flowing out of him into you. And this is where you find life and peace, and it's also how you war against your flesh. Eric, let me, let me share it with you like this. You don't war against your flesh by saying, I'm not going to do this again. I'm promising I'm going to be different and I'm going to change. Is that how you war no. against your flesh? That's how the world wars. Uh, believers have a different war place that we're at. It's at the cross. And the Spirit actually dominates floods over, engrosses, and, and, and fills, and renews, and gives life. And now, guess what? I think differently. Yes. Right? So I've got a battle strategy now of coming to the cross, letting it drench me in love and grace and mercy and peace. And now that I'm drenched and filled up and energized, my thoughts are entirely differently. Now, does this only happen one time at salvation, Eric? No, no, no. This happens over and over again. And that's why we always go to the cross, right? Because it's an ongoing filling. It's an ongoing overflow, right? The Spirit flows from the cross, just like uh, Jesus uh, winning the battle. 
uh, like you said, he was victorious there on the cross. And when we go there, uh, this is the place of victory, constant victory. This is the place of constant warring. This is the place where the soldier of Jesus Christ is always prepared for battle. You're always prepared there. You always win there. Amen. Right? And you're always, uh, you know, you're always filled up and ready there. Um, you know, so that's why, that's why the message of the cross is of first importance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's the only message we have to give. It's the message of washing. It's the message of warring. Um, it's the message of where our minds are no longer dominated mm -hmm. as they once were. Um, you know, and so there's so much to be said about the cross and, uh, its beauty. And, uh, so anyway, brother, that's, um, uh, just my two cents, I suppose. Well, so here's a, here's a question to think about. So why um, can't those apart from Christ uh, just overcome? In other words, why does it take spiritual, supernatural strength? Why does it take this washing at the cross? If you look at verse 7, why is it that an unbeliever cannot truly be free? Well, verse 7 says, For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. <laughs> so that's pretty, you can't get any more clear than that, that in your flesh, in the sinful nature, you're always going to be hostile to God. You're always going to be an enemy of God. Uh, so you'll, you're never going to get anywhere with God. He had to do it. We learned that earlier, where God did what uh, what we couldn't do. He did it for us, brother, in our weakness, in our sinful nature. Uh, even as being enemies of God, he, he did what we could never do, you know, by sending his son to die on that criminal's cross. And it must take a heart change. There must be a change of heart. There must be a new creation experience. And this all happens the same place we're talking about as we come to the cross, we wore there, we're made new there. Um, you know, in the sinful nature, we're always stuck. We're always trapped. Um, we're always going down lower. It doesn't lift us up. The sinful nature does nothing for us. Um, it's hostile to God. I was hostile towards God in my sinful nature. And it, it, you could never have peace. You could never have life. You're heading towards death. And so... God did what you and I could never do and what anybody could ever do. There was nothing anybody could ever do. And I think God made that clear. He did what nobody else could do. Amen. And it had to be that way. It had to be his way. And it was from before the foundation of the world. Mm -hmm. That's how much he loved us. Yes. Think about our sinful nature as a spoiled two-year-old brat always demanding its own way, always craving, always um, demanding and stomping its feet and, you know, always wanting its own way. It can never be any different. Right. And so can you take that little two-year-old and say, oh, now, and give it the law, right? And say, you shall not ever do that again. Well, that means nothing yeah. to them. You know what has to happen? That little two-year-old has to die. Yes. Our sinful nature must be put to death. This hostility, this enmity, this aggression that we're all born with against God, 
that expresses itself in impurity and gluttony and lying and fightings and all of that has to die. It can't recover. It's impossible to be free trying to recover something that is is rotten at the core. It has to die. And that's where we find in Romans chapter 6 that we died with Christ. (laughs) That two-year-old is no more. It died. Now, we still have flesh, which is the remnants of the two-year-old. But the, the inner self, the old nature, has been crucified with Christ. So, Eric, when we look at the cross, we see our old man. We see our old selfish self having been crucified, having died. It it does not exist. And so this is where our freedom is. Now what happens? The Holy Spirit controls, uh, dominates us now. And so we walk by the power of the Spirit. And what happens if we walk by the power of the Spirit? We don't gratify the lusts of our flesh. And so we're controlled and influenced and dominated by the Spirit of God. And that means that our enmity, that, that, that thing inside of us that was against all the good in life, that was against God, that was against everything right, has died. And so we're not hostile to God anymore. We're not hostile to him. We're freed from that hostility through the death of Jesus. And so um, verse 8 says, that's why those who are still under the control under the domination, under the control of their sinful nature, can never please God because they're always self-focused, self-centered, sin-centered. We have a sin awareness, a sin consciousness, and that is death to freedom. We have a sin consciousness and a sin awareness and a label of sin, and that's why we had to die. So verse 9 tells us what happened at the cross. What happened at the cross? But you are not controlled by the, your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. Wow. So we're His possession at the cross. We've been purchased and bought. Our identity's changed, brother. Mm-hmm. I love how you said about the two-year-old because that's exactly how I acted in the sinful nature, in my sinful flesh, I was like a two-year-old, you know, very, very immature. And the law sounded good. Mm-hmm. It sounded, I think I can do that. Mm-hmm. No, I never could. I never could. Exactly what you said, brother. It required a death. It required me and you and all to die with Christ, to die in Christ, so that we could be his own possession, uh, so that we could belong to him. Isn't that wonderful? No longer controlled by the sinful nature, but now we're belonging. We've been adopted into. <laughs> we're, we're free. We're living. We're controlled by the Spirit now. Um, no longer controlled and dominated by the sinful nature, um, and, you know, but, but by the Spirit of Christ living in us. And now we belong to Him. He purchased us with His blood. He purchased us with his last breath. Mm. He was forgiving us and loving us on the cross. And he was drawing us in and wrapping his arms around Mm. us and saying, I purchased you. Mm. You belong to me now. You no longer belong to your former taskmaster. 
You're not dominated. You're safe here. You're free here. I've given you life here. I've poured out my love for you through my shed blood for you here. Come, come again and again. Oh, have you fallen? Come, come again. Come and look at me. Look, Mike, look at my wounds. Put your hand in my side. You belong to me. And you can no longer be separated from my love now. You're joined with Christ. You're one with him. Hallelujah. <laughs> right? And, and now it's just such a beautiful life to live. Living a life of freedom is non-comparable. I mean, zero comparison to the life we lived in being dominated by this sin and controlled by it. And the love we have received from the cross, the spirit which flowed into us and which continually points us back to the cross. And, and just, uh, you know, the love that we continue to experience there on a daily basis, the forgiveness, and then the joy of pouring this message out to others mm -hmm. and seeing them see it, maybe for the first time, or, or, or just being reminded that this is where the power is that this is where life and peace is. And so, uh, you know, we just love, if you're listening and you, uh, we're, we're asking you to join us to look, you know, to look to live, as one of our mm. brothers says. Amen always says, look to live. Mm. And it's, it's look to be washed as well. Uh, look to live, but it's also for our sanctification, our own ongoing filling, ongoing living, daily living. Our minds are renewed. Our hearts are overjoyed. We've been crucified with Christ, and now we no longer live, but Christ lives in us. And uh, brother, it is just such a celebration to mm. do these podcasts with you, especially face-to-face. -face. I'm really Amen. enjoying this, and just yeah. love you so much. Well, that was a message in itself, <laughs> and made my heart burn. Uh, in a good way, like when the disciples walked on the road to Emmaus and Jesus came up and unfolded the scriptures to them. Their heart was set on fire, just like mine is right now. Um, and, and so what we've learned today is something very practical, which is what happens when we look at the cross of Jesus Christ? Our thinking changes. Yeah. That's just practical. Um, now, somebody could tell you, you need to change your thinking. You need to, you know, and that's true. But how does it happen? Mm. Uh, I can try all I want to make myself stop thinking of that white elephant over there. Don't think about it. I'm not going to think about that. It doesn't work. But if you are controlled, dominated, influenced, flooded, overcome, overwhelmed, a tsunami of love pouring over you, well, I didn't even know what a white <laughs> elephant is because the cross of Christ is so powerful in my life. And so really what we're talking about is a change of our thinking. If you want to be free from life-dominating sin... Your thinking has to change. Your, the way in which you process temptation has to change. It, it, there has to be a change from where um, I'm attracted and I want to and I look at and I go after. A change from that to I want nothing to do with that. That is the opposite of who I am. I'm, I'm going to be dead to that. Now, how does that change happen? That's always what we have to ask. How does it happen? As you said, brother, it happens as we come to the cross and we look. Now, that's amazing. We just look. Wait, there were 10 commandments in the Old Covenant. There's 12 steps in the worldly method, and we just look? How, how does that 
How does that work? Because our heart changes. And out of the heart come all the issues of life. Out of the heart come what I think about. Out of the heart comes what I dwell on. And when I'm at the cross and the power is coming over me, my thoughts are totally different. And, and this has a lasting effect. When, when, like for example, you and I and Sylvia and Jody were worshiping this morning and we've studied about Aaron and lifting up his hands and you know, we, we saw Jesus in that. I lifted up his hands. That's stuck with me all day today. Yes. And I've thought about it and I've dwelled on it. And I've, it's kind of energized me all day today. And this is what happens. You think differently, mm-hmm. right? And so this is what we want for our listeners. We want you to find gospel freedom. Not freedom through the law or freedom through your own efforts or works or steps. But gospel freedom where the flood of the Holy Spirit drowns out your sinful thoughts, purifies your mind, corrects your thinking, straightens you out to where you are in your right mind. And this is what I love, Eric. I I used to be like that demoniac hanging out in the tombs with chains on. Now I'm sitting at the feet of Jesus, right? Beautiful are the feet of him on the mountain. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting at his feet and I'm in my right mind and I'm fully clothed in his righteousness, you know, and, and false groups like AA say, you know, I was out of my right mind and I had to come to the understanding that I was insane and I had to, you know, come and be sane. Well, there's no way to do that apart from the cross of Jesus Christ. That's where I get my sanity. Other than that, I'm like Nebuchadnezzar out eating grass in the field. I've lost my mind. But at the cross, my sanity's restored. Mm. I'm not only freed, my chains have fallen off. I'm clothed. I'm, my, I'm thinking rightly. What a blessing. Amen. I don't walk around saying, hey, I haven't done this for 16 years. No, what about your thoughts? Mm. What about your heart? What about the things you love and think about all day? This is freedom. Mm. Wow. What am, I, what am I supposed to do with that? That was wonderful. And, you know, what I was thinking as well is just because we are not doing a certain behavior for a certain amount of time, that doesn't equal freedom. And I think that this passage have, has clearly shown that because it's a change of thinking. There must be a death and new living. Right, and so I know um, that I was deceived for a time because because there was a seemed to be a cycle to the sin in my life. There seemed to be like a pattern, mm. and so I thought, oh, I'm free. You know, I've been free for, and I used to say, you know, maybe a month or two, mm-hmm. but I didn't understand that it, that that wasn't freedom. Mm-hmm. That wasn't true freedom, and that's why we're talking about finding this true freedom, this real freedom. At the cross, where your mind is completely changed, mm. where it is renewed, right? Your heart and your desires, everything changes. You belong to Christ now. You belong to him. Your desires are overwhelmingly, like you said, you meditate on these stories, on these biblical stories that point to the cross and throughout your entire... But Mike, what did we used to think about? What did we used to meditate on? We used to meditate on other things, on sinful things, because that's all we could, could do. 
in our sinful state, right? In our sinful nature. But when we're crucified, like you said, we are meditating on the stories that point forward to the cross. And we meditate on those all day, and that's food. Mm. That is food for our very soul. That's what keeps us energized. That's what keeps us lifted up. That's what keeps our hearts set mm. on thinking on things above mm. rather than things of the earth, just like you illustrated earlier. You're so overwhelmed with God's love and His Spirit pouring into you. You didn't even recognize it over there anymore mm-hmm. because you, we realize that that over there is death. That over there is not food. Mm. It is that which keeps us in bondage. Mm. Uh, and it's not freedom. And so there is a new and living way mm. at the cross. Mm. <laughs> you know, our minds, our hearts, our very lives. And then the love that we have and the joy that we have and the peace that we now share at the cross is something that, why we're together now. This cross has drawn us together like a magnet. Just like Jesus said, when he's lifted up, he'll draw people to himself. We've been drawn to the cross, brother, and therefore we've been drawn to one another Mm -hmm. through the same sacrifice, Mm -hmm. through this sin offering, through his blood that was shed. And we're truly eternal blood brothers now, right? Through the purchase price of God's own son. And so we just hope that somebody listening is receiving this message. We're hoping and praying that somebody listening is having this message revealed to their very heart, Mm -hmm. that it's sinking down deep into them. They're receiving it and they're, uh, you know, it's, it's going to cleanse their mind. It's going to renew their heart. It's going to pour and pour God's love into them. And they're going to experience, this is what we hope for, this is what we long for, that one more heart experiences this transforming power at the cross, that they experience this death with Christ, and therefore a resurrection where they're changed. Everything becomes new. And so, brother, if you have another word to to close us, or if you'd like to close us in prayer, brother, we're running out of time, unfortunately. Father in heaven, we can imagine that someone is listening whose thoughts control them, whose mind is dark, who cannot seem to get a handle on their thought life, who are so frustrated and discouraged that they can't seem to stop thinking about certain things. But now, Lord, you've revealed to them the way. You have revealed to them to come and look up at the cross and see the arms opened by Jesus, see his arms nailed to the cross in openness, see his blood shed, see the crown of thorns he wore taking their curse off of them, see the condemnation he's under so that they can be free from it, see the judgment that he's endured so that they are never judged. And now they can see that, oh, I come and look, I come and look, and I'm washed, and I'm made clean, and I'm renewed, and I'm filled with power and love and a sound mind. And Lord, right now, would you just display before them in blazing color the cross of Jesus Christ, the place where insane people are made sane, Mm. the place where they're renewed, where their thoughts are washed and cleansed, 
the place of new birth, the place of new power, the place of absolute love and joy and peace and all the fruits of the Spirit. Lord, help them to know, maybe for the first time, what it's like to be dominated by the Holy Spirit, to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, that that way they're no longer controlled by their sinful nature. Lord, thank you for the time with Eric right now, for the blessing that he's been in my life. And Lord, I pray again, open the heart, open the eyes of someone to see just what the sacrifice of Calvary really means. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.